Hey, Mr. Carl. Jeremy.
Yeah, the wind's picking up. I was starting to get a little out, out of hand, gentlemen. Uh, that wind picked up. Wind picked up. There's a lot of fuel in there. I don't think we're done. I'm gonna relight, but we're gonna. I'm gonna stay on top of it right here and keep it a little bit uh, more confined. Oh, dead cats in the frame. Oh goodness, sorry guys, sorry about that. Nothing but the best production. You know how it is. All right, that should fix that problem. Okay, great. Let's relight here. 
the wind just started driving and it was spotting over and the hole I was getting an inferno on the other side of the road, which is what I don't want. The more I burn here, the more I gotta babysit tonight. So let's go one more time. a little bit low in water. I'm going to put this out and go refill. Goodness, I've gotten lavish with my water. Used to running out of a 300 gallon tank, not a, what is it, a 60 or 90, 90 gallon tank. Let's roll up our hose and we'll go fill up. 85 gallon.
Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's a lot of good neighbors up here. All right, so our water level, we're recirculating here. We don't burn up our pump. Shall we go get a refill? Something just crawled up my leg and bit me right on the calf. All of a sudden, the bugs are out. All right, let's go get some water. Good engine, boss. Turn my mic around. Good engine boss never runs his tank dry because you might need uh, you might need that water to get yourself out of trouble or save your own engine. Hopefully we don't have a rekindle here for while we're building up. hot out here. Hose on the run. Boy, it got away from me there. You guys should be timing how long this takes to refill so we know what our turns are. Coming up on a third full, I'll bet. I know, I asked for winter to be gone and now I'm already, it's like we're one day in and I'm out here, out here suffering. 
can't decide which way to have the microphone, if it should be back or forward. I should have put my lab on. But it didn't. 85, goodness. Well, it's nice if you don't have to work. Got some smoke kicking up over there. Makes me a little, oh, I think it's just a fence post smoking. We're nearly half full. All right, gentlemen, let's go start a fire. 
Maybe we'll burn up to that telephone pole there. What do you think? Get our act together. Oh, the, I love the smell of creosote burning. I'll have to get some water on that fence post. Those big posts are railroad ties. We've got a bunch of repairs to do on this fence here. Creek ice bath, man. Boy, you, that's, we're not far from that, are we? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you guys right here for a moment. Let's see, probably right here. Then I'll put you up in front. that post from the, from the road. Can't quite get to it.
just up north here on Fuji is some of the uh, best huckleberry fields in the world. The American Indians that used to live here, they had a, a policy, I guess, last man out of the season when they were done picking. They would set the whole mountain on fire, all of that, because they knew it would spread the growth of the huckleberries and everything, the forest does better when it burns. That's what we could use today. Well, I think a lot of the reasons why our forests are so sick is that we've become so good at putting out fires uh, that the natural fires that need to happen, they're just not happening. Uh, and the forest just gets sicker and sicker as it competes more and more, more, more different things competing for a single source of, for a single amount of resources. wind has shifted which is nice it was bad it started coming out of the northeast and it was blowing it back over on all that other fuel so coming out of the southeast that's better drives it back and this is all green fields so
It is very nice to have grass to walk on, indeed. The wind's, wind's doing the work for us here. A little bit smoky and hot to work in, but keeps it off the road.
starting to get a conflagration. That's two fires, two separate fires. Uh, the wind is in our favor. Couldn't be better. Someone must have prayed for this. This is good. I'm touching grass, of course.
power pole. Well, careful. You're gonna fight fire with no shoes on, you better be tough. We're just gonna burn up to the gate here today, guys.
Did I not tell you? The reason why you bring... Can I fix when you don't know what's going to break?
think we can transition from initial attack to mop up. Got a half a tank sitting at 40% water. I'd like to get out on the road and a few smokers down that I can't get to from here. Uh, look at that. Never comes through. It actually looks more like this for us. And we snow biking all up in there. Boy, the little Q-Tech sure did a good job, didn't it? Could you think of a better machine for this little task? Here, I'll let you guys see that too. Yeah, Mrs. W, she's pretty, she's really been getting into prepping lately. She wants cows. Pick up our torch. We'll top off our tank and then we'll go out for a little go out for a little drive on the road, see if we can find any hot spots. Alright, coming off the mothership here. Mount Fuji, USA. Never leave anything behind. Thinking you're gonna come back and get it. You will not. And you'll leave it out in the rain all night.
Because I need to spin you guys around, don't I? Hold on, one more time. Move that camera around so I can see the chat. Oh goodness, we have a super chat. Let's see who that is. Ah, uh, let me switch my mic too. We'll do it right. This is IRL, what do you expect? Okay, let's see. That better be a Honda if you're fighting fires next to Mount Fuji. Well, you know it is. You know it is. Thank you, brother. I don't know why I fool with all this tripod nonsense. It's best off just holding it. What's wrong with that? Check out our, our burn line here. There's our torch. We'll reburn that next time. We've got several days of doing this. Looks a lot better though. Those humps are just mounds of dirt that I used to clean out the culvert. The irrigation ditch was in pretty bad shape. I had to clean that all out. I didn't have any place to put it. I didn't have a dump trailer then. So I've got this big mess. So I think what I'll do is come in here with the excavator and just scrape it all up uh, nice and then uh, put it somewhere else. Because it is nice topsoil. One thing that scares me to death on the road, especially on motorcycles, are log trucks. Those guys, they drive like a demon. And they don't care if you're in their way, they don't share the road. They're coming down out of those, out of those gravel, gravel roads with 80,000 pounds on. Oh, gives me the willies just thinking about hitting one of those things. They come right through you. Boy, are they good truck drivers. One of the best tools you can own is this guy right here. These are the Forest Service, the good ones. Solid brass. I'm trying this with one hand here. It's gonna come out and get us all wet. Don't see any smoke over there, so we'll go out and pat on patrol here in just a minute, gentlemen. Goodness, we have a super chat. Where's that? Super chat from Mr. Jason Barr. Thank you, Jason. He says, could we all go in together and get you a flamethrower? 
then you can kill your weeds with great gusto. Well, I guess we could. Uh, you know I like the old school way, but I appreciate that the offer. I gotta hone my skills. These are the tools that I chose to bring. I brought my boots, but I didn't put them on. I probably should have. My uh, those are my two favorite fire tools. That that one on the left is my personal tool that I that's the one that I used to take on fires. Hammer, Knipex, which we use to fix our nozzle. No one noticed? Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad no one noticed. I could have to deal with that in the comments. Yeah, I would imagine. I imagine I'd be on fires, maybe as a contract. I don't know. I'd probably stick... There'll be fires around here. I'll help out locally, most likely. I'm just happy to be... I, I don't care. Just give me the lowest position. I'll, I'll do whatever. Uh, this is 85 gallons here. Mr. Jason Barr, what about a fully semi-auto flamethrower? Well, you know I would like that, but it might, it might, might get away with me. You've seen the trouble I had with that silly lantern. I think we're almost full. Our water level's right here. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, exactly, the 85 HP. You know, I don't make fun of him. I did the same thing. I couldn't remember, and I was walking around, and I can't, how, what, how big was that thing? With the giant 85 right on the side. Oh, goodness, come on now. Okay, we are... Oh. I got a head start of tomorrow's cold shower there. Okay. Shall we go for a drive? I like to keep the... I was always kept my fire pump going. Never shut it off. Just let it recirculate. Switch. If you recirculate, right here, if you let the water, if you don't have water flowing through your pump impeller, especially these high dollar, high pressure fire pumps, they'll burn themselves up. They need to cool themselves. As an operator, you're always, want, you're always checking, making sure that should be cool to the touch with cold water. If that's hot, you gotta shut it down, that's a problem. How you can do that, so see the reason why you wanna leave it running because you might need it immediately, like when you're really in the, in the weeds on initial attack. So you leave them running all the time, but you don't have water flowing through it all the time. So to alleviate that, we put a bypass in them right here. So the water comes up, into this manifold out of the pump and you can direct it either here to these inch and a halfs or here to the hose reel 
or here to the cab system, the foam. This actually has a foam, foam system on it, so this is a really nice unit. But this right here recirculates. So now it's a continuous loop. So it keeps itself cool by its own water, if that makes sense. So this one here, we can also, uh, this is a hard suction for two inch, so we can, or three inch. So we can draft water, pull water right out of a creek or pond. And then I've got two inch and a half discharges here, a dedicated inch and a half here, and the hose reel. The reason for a, for a hose reel is that that way you can have a, a charge line ready to go all the time. So we can, when we're patrolling, that's perfect. You don't have to have hoses laid out and roll them out and everything is always ready to go. Not very long and heavy, but always ready. Hey David, welcome. Good to see you here. Thank you for becoming a member. Okay, we're switching to mop up. I don't see any smoke, so that's good. Kitty on standby, yeah, she's always on standby. Oh, that looks pretty, pretty good light. See, lights on for safety here. Take a look at that. What do you think? Okay, we're gonna roll along here real slow on patrol. The first person that spots a uh, smoker or any smoke coming up gets a shout out. You guys are on the job here, official, on official patrol. I might just come out here and burn all this stuff as well. Once I burn mine off, that'll remove half the fuel. It'll be a lot safer to do it. I think I'll do that. You betcha. Goodness, we have a super chat from Mr. Overton. Maybe a ghost flamethrower with a 30 cal clip. A clip. 30 fires per second. You know, the Forest Service has something similar to that. If you look up, uh, I was on a fire one time where we did it. They have a hopper that they fill up full of, looks like ping pong balls, balls full of napalm. And as they uh, they spray out little flame balls out behind the helicopter. You can look at it online, it's, it's super cool. Nice here, let's step out.
Looks good, gentlemen. This irrigation will be flowing soon. Waiting for the notification when the head gate will be opened and the water will start coming. Did I tell you guys what happened last year? Right here? Mrs. W was in the house over there. And a car stopped right here about where we're standing. And a woman came through the gate right here. And I think went right over there, right in front of that fence post. And started taking a dump. Mrs. W <laughs> said she couldn't believe what she was seeing. And she shouted at her, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and the poor woman uh, stopped herself midstream and uh, packed up and skedaddled. <laughs> that's something else, huh? Fence poop, that's, that's it, that's a true story. Mr. David C., welcome, our newest member have you here shout out to you thank you brother yeah it was well I'm, you know it's happened to all of us i'm not i'm not casting stones all right let's go back on patrol boy it is nice to be warm though isn't it i was really getting tired of that cold very tired I feel like the sunshine being out here especially with my shoes off feels like good medicine getting back to my roots to my peoples we got a lot to burn look at all this Have you guys seen my meteorites? Let me show you. I have five meteorites. Right there, they're big too. neighbor Terry at over here he's a good dude he's a he's a logger log truck driver he almost got killed by his cow last year a mother cow that was protecting a calf never buy a side-by-side -side with a, a lock differential Never, ever. I don't care how cheap it is. So he got in between that calf and that cow, and she got him up against the barbed wire fence, and he had to fight his way through that barbed wire fence and left half of his clothes and hide on that thing. Almost killed him. Just another reason to avoid animal husbandry. Back in the, I'm gonna, I think we can kill that pump now. I think back in the day, I probably would have gravitated more towards the 
being a carpenter or maybe a blacksmith, maybe a soldier, then uh, than a farmer. All right, we're gonna switch to patrol. All right, first one to see a smoker gets a shout out. Must be able nice, it must be nice to pee with a view. It certainly is. Thank you, Mr. Barr. Ah, oh, what a beautiful day, and it's Friday as well. Could that could things be any better? Do you know the smartest way I've ever heard to find meteorites? I mean, it's pretty obvious when you hear it. I heard of a guy that would go down to, I think it was the Mojave Desert, or any desert will do, it doesn't make any difference. And he had an ultralight and he would fly, well, he'd cover lots of uh, ground. He would, he would grid and he would fly this ultralight. And if there, ever there was a rock in the middle of nowhere, it was typically not supposed to be there. So I thought that was pretty clever. I guess they do the same thing on ice fields and such. Was the balloon video satire? Oh, of course, they're all satire. The purpose is to get people to think. Not to not to be so trusting of authorities. It shocks them into thinking, oh, really? I mean, I mean there are people who think this? Yeah, there are. I'm not saying that I am, but I'm just saying it's it is. That's what it's for. You know, that video probably has by now like 7 million views, I think, on TikTok. I don't know about YouTube. That reaches a lot of people. It's very divisive, though. Actually, we should probably run that ditch line one more time. Maybe I'll just, I think I'll just pull my nozzle in here how I used to do it back in the day and just do a wet line all the way across there as we're driving that's that's what we'll do that's always a good time probably start with the road I don't know if I have enough water full blast we'll give her the beans full blast to, to last very long it's probably if i had to guess i would drain the 85 gallons an inch and a half line i'm doing the math here probably seven 90 seconds maybe all right somebody get their stopwatch out i put my estimate of 90 seconds until we run dry i'm, I'm gonna revise that yeah I'll, I'll go with 90 seconds a minute and a half you guys time me to see when do we run dry we're gonna go up here and turn around then we'll all fire I'll put I'll put 
full pressure on. My neighbors think I'm a lunatic. Fifty-six. You know, first I should have trusted my gut. My my mission. My initial calculation was sixty seconds. Ooh, we're gonna make it. This. Oh, I'm doing a wheel stand. Goodness, hold on. Well, that was touch and go there. Oh, goodness, got a full tank of water. I chose very poorly there. That was not my finest moment. To do a moving wet line from the cab. We need just enough hose to come through the driver's compartment. Always never forget to lock off your hose or you'll be dragging it down the road looking like a fool. Ask me how I know. There, it's locked. All right, to get maximum pressure, She's chooching now. This is a very complex operation with a live stream. I'm just warning you. Okay, parking brake off. All right, you ready with your timers? All right, you ready? Three, two, one, go. Oh, I've gotten gear. <laughs> there we go. We're doing it. We're doing it, gentlemen. Oh, I'm, I'm crooked. <laughs> I'm trying to steer. We're doing it. It's a wet line. Oh, we're running low, I think. What's the time? I spit it up there pretty good. 120 PSI. 
got it, gentlemen. They're still puffing, though. There's 90. One hundred. We get two minutes out of it, maybe. Yeah, we'll do it again on the other side. I probably would have had enough water to do both sides, but I we're doing our test. Well, that's pretty impressive. That's putting out a lot of water, a lot of pressure. This would be a good uh, thing to know in my, for me personally, how far I can go. Trying to put it in reverse, but I shouldn't. No, I can't back up. That's too much. Backing a trailer is too much to add to this equation. There we go. That's it. All right, time. One eighty, hundred eighty seconds. Is that right? Put it in reverse, Terry. Yeah. Back, imagine backing up that trailer and all doing that. Okay. So what we're gonna do, gentlemen, is we're gonna go, what, what can someone tell me what time it is? What time is it West Coast? You're not gonna believe it, I don't have a watch on. It's not eight o'clock. Oh, Eastern, five o'clock? Yeah, five o'clock, okay. We'll do one more fill here. Hundred and eighty seconds. I can't read the watch on my ankle. That one's just for style. 
Okay. We can go chill for a minute. All right, I'm in the chat. Got a couple minutes here. Five oh two. Well, that's that uh, with this warm temperature, that snow is going to be melting. It'll be time to get in that icy. There'll be ice chunks floating in that creek, practically, a river. Yeah, I think so, Tony. It feels good to do something, accomplish something for a while. I haven't done that for a while. Well, we've been in hibernation mode. I, I wouldn't surprise me if we do have a bad fire season this year. Just judging from what I've seen personally, I've covered a lot of miles up to, up to the north and it's it, even a week ago it was getting dusty. And we're still in April. Yeah, it, burning stuff is always great. You're absolutely right. And the fire is mesmerizing. You just sit and look at it. Burning in the fall is always the, the, the nicest when it's a little chilly outside. Moderating from the one wheel. That's pretty cool. I might have to tie in with Brian and oh man, I felt so sorry for Brian yesterday. He's got that old, I think it's like a 91 XR250. And last year, or two year, he, he missed all last year because he had the engine out of it. We tried to change the spark plug and stripped out the threads and he had to take it in and have a, a Healy coil put in. And that took a year. And then uh, yesterday, he broke his shift lever off, but the shift lever didn't break. It was the shaft that comes out of the engine case, so it was catastrophic. You had, you'd have to take off the head and split the case to even fix it. So we're going to attempt to weld the little stubby piece that's still in the shifter. But I'm not hopeful. It's a complex piece. It has a whole bunch of tiny little splines like the size of hairs. And there's not much to work with. It takes a lot of abuse. You know, it gets kicked up and down all the time. But he, we were crossing a tree and he fell over and I wonder if it just hit, didn't hit right. It's just old, you know, it's just metal fatigue. That bike is so old. So he's gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do with that. Yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what, I wish I could get him a new bike or even a, just a new used one. KLR650 is a, is a really nice bike. It's a purpose-built bike. It's not for me. It's, it wouldn't, wouldn't be any fun up here at all. It would be a great burden, actually. A KLR650 is not good on difficult terrain. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, a little hill climb with some baby head-sized rocks, you know, but you get much more than that. It's, that's a big, heavy bike. 
It's only a five-speed gearbox, which is really a bummer. The KLR has six speeds, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and fifth. DRZ, that's a great bike too. I would prefer the DRZ 400 or the Honda 650L over the KLR. The KLR, I, I, you know, I, I get it. I get it 100%. But it does, does not give me the fizz at all. Neither does the Suzuki, the, Suzuki the, the 400. That Honda gives me the fizz. Do I carry a pair of leather? No, I don't use gloves too much anymore. My, you know what ha what happened is is my hands get super super callous because I spend so much time on the on the moto. So I, well, you know that's probably not going to happen now. I'm a lot lighter in the in the bars than I used to be, but it still does. So I, I get my hands are so tough from that that I just I don't really wear gloves too much unless I'm grabbing something hot, hot or it's got a lot of slivers in it or working with barbed wire. Well, hello, Mr. Jason Barr. Thank you. KLR is a good East Coast bike. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that's the perfect way to put it, is it's the East Coast bike. For that terrain and all the roads and everything, primarily a road bike, what could be better for East Coast man than that? That probably gives him the fizz. So we go do one more, whoops, one more wet line. Oh, Mr. Zach, welcome. Not much put into, uh, not much but put into Brian's bike. Well, I, we'll wish us well. I hope we can. I'm not optimistic though. I mean, I'm usually pretty optimistic about that, and I'm particularly stubborn when it comes to fixing things like that. I, I had to when I had my Jeep wrecking yard. I would have these. Let's say I had like a 4.0 engine six. Uh, six cylinder out of a Jeep with two, three, four thousand miles that I bought, you know, brand new, but it got wrecked and you, and the engine mounts pulled out, you know, chunks, the chunks, the bosses of the side of the engine block. At first I thought that those were lost and it was devastating because that was a, a big chunk of the money that I ne needed to get back to make that profitable. And if you lost the engine, then it was, you know, yeah, you, you could still recoup it, but I'd have to have to take it all apart sell the individual you know sell the pistons and the crank and the cam and the head it's just a lot more work it was nicer just to unload it all at one time so i was desperate and i found an old uh an old guy like it was probably 70 or 80 had a, a really old uh, welding shop and he was a master at his trade I called him, called like every welding shop and, no, and everybody said, no, you can't weld cast iron. And he said, yeah, I can do it, bring it in. And he looked, I brought it in and he looked at it and he said, and so I started taking engines up to him because that on a front end collision, if the frame gets bent, that's a common thing that happens to those 4.0s. Well, after paying him to do several of them, I asked him if he would show me how he did it. And he did, he showed me his secret trick on how to do that. And then I did them all myself after that. He explained it to me in detail, how to do it, how to weld cast iron so that it, when it cools, it doesn't shrink and re-crack 
get. You have to use a special rod. So what he did, it was so clever. So imagine the side of an engine block. You know how they have the, the bosses that stick out and then the motor mount bolts directly to that? Usually there's three bolts and they thread right into the cast iron. It's cast into the block. So what would happen is, is these, these things would pull out and there would be what left in, you know, a little bit of thread left in the block, you know, sometimes maybe like an inch or three quarters of an inch. So how do you rebuild that? How do you, how do you when, you, when the, you can't put the piece back on, you have to rebuild those bosses out from scratch. So what he did is he, he got uh, the bolts, I think if the bolt was like a, a three eighths bolt into the engine, he got a piece of three eighths graphite rod, carbon or graphite, I don't remember what it was. And he threaded it in there, put it in there, and he used that to keep that hole open. And then what he started doing is he took, used a stick welder. He had to use an old Lincoln buzz box with a special rod. And I don't remember the rod. And you would um, buzz it and you'd add a little piece of metal and that carbon rod would, the weld wouldn't stick to it. And it created a perfect, um, almost like a mandrel that you could weld around. And it also kept your line straight so that you could, because you had to re-tap re that. To, to the next size up so it was re really really clever and it was hard to do because every time you welded you had to um, you put some heat on it the problem with welding cat and you had to preheat it you had to preheat the block really hot so hot not hot enough to melt the gaskets and stuff but pretty hot once you weld it and heat it up you had to peen it like mad meaning just poke little dents in it with a peening hammer and that relieved the stress because when it cooled, it would shrink up and it would pull away and it would re-crack the block. It was really an art to do it, very difficult. It took me a long time to learn how to do it proficiently. But that was the trick. You know, because like a, a low mileage 4.0 like that, complete. About 3,000, I think if it was a low mileage one, maybe below 10,000. So it was worth repairing. Oh, we forgot, we gotta turn around and start our hose. I don't think we need to get in such a hurry this time. Oh goodness, we have a super chat from Mr. Overton. Let's take a take a knee here. You do a short running with fire can from the one wheel. I'll do one shooting some steel from a one. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll brother, I'll do that. I'm not going to do it today, but I will do that. So what he's saying is that like Samson lighting the fox's tails on fire in the old book. So he's saying that I get my drip torch next time and start to start the flame burning and then go along with my one wheel and he'll do a, uh, the same thing with uh, doing a shooting drill. All right. This is pretty rough ground for a one wheel, but I could give it a go.
Now always remember, a good wildland firefighter always knows that the hot the fire burns hottest between 10 and 2. You can almost set your watch by it. At about 10 o'clock in the morning, you start seeing torching, the trees start torching from the ground fire that's been smoldering all night. It'll burn furious from 10 all the way to 2 o'clock, which is its peak, and then it'll start backing down as the humidity starts to come up. It's very much affected by the weather. I don't like cavitating a pump. It rubs me the wrong way. Oh. All right, here we go. I need to set up a turret. Oh, there we go. Somebody's gonna get wet before long. How's our time? Oh, we got our system down now. I just turn the wheel, I turn in or out, depending on where I want the stream to go. One minute. Thank you, Sean. That's very kind of you to say, brother. How's our time? Minutes. Okay. Don't forget to recirculate. You'll burn your pump up. Oh, we were down to the bitter end. Not much left there. Sight glasses give me the fizz. I wish everything had a sight glass on it. Nothing worse than not knowing what's going on inside your machine. Everything should have a sight glass.
Best engine in the world, that right there. Nothing compares. When you buy a Honda engine, insist on the red engine with a white metal fuel tank. That's the good one. Turn our fuel off. Let's go get our drip torch. We'll break that down. I got my seat all wet. Oh goodness, you scared me. What's going on, Loaf? Did you, did you come out to help? Let me clear you off a spot. Because I was not expecting anyone to slip up on me. Lucy will follow along if she'd like to. Alright, we have to go. Excellent. I am so glad you come to help. This is gonna be super fun. Yeah. There goes Lucy. <laughs> is she doing the run for life? Good old dog. I make fun of Lucy. I, I told the, the boss baby that she looked like a uh, Minecraft dog. She's so fat. She's almost square. Did you did you see what Papa did here on the fence line today? No. Well, maybe on uh, maybe next week you can help me. You see all the black? Yeah, we burnt. We burnt all that. you were coming out here? Hey. Well, I told did, her, did you tell her you were coming out to see your papa? I told her that I was going to come outside to jump on the trampoline. Okay, well, next time make sure you tell her where you're going. Okay. Because sometimes papa's running heavy equipment, it wouldn't be safe to approach. Because I might not be able to see you. You understand? You can always come see me, but make sure you you uh, come with an adult. You know those tractors, they don't have very good windows sometimes. Alright gentlemen, well, I'm going to end it here. The Loaf and I have a date tonight. Where are we going? Where? Where you want to go? I don't know. Okay, we'll see you guys later.